Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Phil at the Movies. I'm your host, Phil Walsh, and you're listening to episode number 57 of this ongoing podcast series that is for the love of movies. I want to thank you, as always, for tuning in each week and hearing what I have to say on movies and cinema. Got a really uh, retro film to talk with you about today, uh, and, and I mean that in, in the best possible context. Uh, first off, just a little bit of housekeeping to uh, to start off. If you have uh, not done so already, this would be a great time to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Of course, I always encourage you to follow along on Twitter. My uh, personal handle is PhilCastMovies, and then the handle for the show is Phil at the Movies. There's also the spinoff show, which happens every Wednesday, Let Me Fill You In. And as I've mentioned before... I'm doing another podcast with uh, two friends of mine, Anthony Caruso and Chris Evans, called DC Unlimited, and that drops every two weeks. So uh, if you haven't had your uh, your fill of me with this show, there's other places where you can uh, hear me opine on, uh, on all things movies and uh, specifically uh, Batman and, and DC-related projects. But uh, in any event, let me just uh, say, as I often do, at this time, thank you for tuning in and being a part of this show. I, I know I say it time and time again, but I, I consider anyone who listens to this show, anyone who we've uh, you know had a chance to interact with, even on just a, a short-term uh, basis, I consider you a friend. And uh, just your support, your encouragement, your embrace of this podcast means the world to me. It started out as a passion project. It remains a passion project, but the... The, uh, the connections that have been made made and the friendships that have been forged uh, have just been all the more worthwhile and, frankly, enjoyable. So thank you for being a part of this cinematic journey. And uh, to, to continue the, uh, the movie puns, we're not, uh, we're not in the final reel yet. We're going to keep going. The, uh, the credits aren't dropping on this show just yet. But uh, in any event, though, thank you, thank you, and thank you. So, as I said, I wanted to do a, a retro film today and, and really talk about one of my all-time favorite filmmakers, and that is George Lucas. I sort of alluded to this on last week's show with, with the Star Wars special, but really felt that I, I only sort of uh, cracked the, uh, the, the surface, if you will, of sort of my appreciation for him as a filmmaker and what he has done over over his many years in the industry, and interestingly, before there was before there was Star Wars, and I know, you know George Lucas is sort of synonymous with with Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars is, is George Lucas. George Lucas is Star Wars. Before we went to that galaxy far far away, George Lucas did a teen comedy, what can be essentially called a teen comedy, called American Graffiti. And to give you a little bit of context of how this film came into came into existence. His first film was called THX 1138, and it was a, a full-length feature based on a student film that he had done while at uh, the University of Southern California Film School. And it was it's a very dystopian movie, uh, very much like a 1984 uh, feel to it. It, it did not uh, find an audience when it was released in the, uh, in the late 60s, and it sort of left him very jaded as a filmmaker because the studio had come in there and cut parts out and didn't really understand it and therefore didn't 
actually end up promoting it. But uh, you know, it certainly has found its audience uh, in, in years uh, since, and, and because of course it's it's a George Lucas project, uh, there's sort of that uh, appreciation for it right out of the gate. But because THX was not this uh, this blockbuster, uh, he was sort of struggling figuring out what he wanted to do next, and his his friend and at the time. Uh, a business partner, Francis Ford Coppola, suggested to him, "Why don't you make a comedy? Why don't you make something lighthearted, not so, uh, not so deep and philosophical, uh, more of a you know a straightforward film that might find uh, its connection with a with a general audience more easier uh, or easily than THX." So uh, Lucas took that challenge and decided to sort of you know. Do what 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 many writers do, which is you know the old saying, write what you know, and that is essentially what became the blueprint and script for American Graffiti. He wanted to do a a look back to his time growing up in in Southern California in Modesto, and basically talk about you know teenagers, you know in that period of time between you're done with high school and you're entering adulthood, and kind of. Look back on it through both the prism of, of idealism, but also realism, and so that, of course, became the basis for this film. And I have to say, right off the bat, you can see the themes for for Star Wars, even though this is not you know, trying to you know, make any connections per se. Uh, though Harrison Ford is in the film, interestingly enough, this was I, I think his first ever on screen. Role, but the the themes that that Lucas tapped into, of course, in in all the Star Wars films, can be found certainly in THX, but but really in American Graffiti, and and it's it's those very human stories, the you know the sort of points of transition in our life, the sort of questioning of whether or not uh, you know w- what we should do, what we should go. Uh, you know, if we should stay, should we go? Do we, you know, move on? Do we wait for life to uh, to p- sweep us off our feet, or do we take charge? All those sort of themes that are explored in in Star Wars, but just sort of uh, distilled down in into a very uh, very personal and, and and you know, quote unquote, real life story. So the film takes place over the course of a of a single night and. You know, looking back on it, the film really was revolutionary in a lot of ways because it wasn't a straightforward narrative. You, you know, you've got multiple different stories happening throughout the course of this evening, and certainly not all of them connect, not all of them overlap. But but the themes are are all there. The through line is it's a point in your life. They're all in high school. They're all either graduating or, ha- or, or or about to be graduating and they're at that point of transition where they're 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 kind of a kid but 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 not really they're sort of on the cusp of adulthood and it's really about sort of looking back in with nostalgia to a a period of innocence before everything changes and and certainly you can see this film through the the prism of what was going on in American culture at that time in American society. The movie is set in 1962, so you figure it's it's sort of the, the hangover, if you will, 
of the 1950s and sort of that, that sense of idealism and, and hope. You have the start of the 60s with Vietnam creeping around the corner and and before the uh, assassination of, of John F. Kennedy. So it's, it's sort of an interesting time capsule uh, piece because it, it looks back to sort of the end of innocence, the end of, of America sort of, you know, acting as if nothing you know could, could ever go wrong and and it certainly you know is interesting because the film was made in in the early 1970s it's able to then look back through the the prism of what ultimately transpired but yet still in instill a sense of of sort of wonder and 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 hopefulness that that we all have uh when, when we go from that transition from from being a kid in, into adulthood and you know, one of the main stories in this in this film concerns the character of of Steve and and Kurt, played by uh, Ron Howard and uh, Richard Dreyfus. And um, Ron Howard's character is sort of at a crossroads because he's set to go off to college and and it's going to be across the country, and he doesn't know what to do about his relationship with his girlfriend. And so there's this whole dynamic that goes on back and forth throughout the night and ultimately you know you know Steve's thought is just going to end this relationship or or will you know we'll see other people it'll strengthen us and and she doesn't really want that to happen because she loves him and, and he doesn't know what to do because it's sort of that you know point in your life where, where, you're, where you're young you're naive you, you you think you have all the answers but yet when you go and <laughs> try to you know map it all out nothing falls into place and there's this really wonderful scene that takes place uh, they go to a dance uh, later on that night i mean it's, it's remarkable how the way the story is structured because it really is set over the course of a single night and it, it, it never feels rushed there's a nice uh, you know, slow and ease to the pace of the film, where you never feel like, okay, we're, we're zigzagging here and zigzagging there. It really has a nice balance. But but back to the the dance scene, which is it's probably one of my favorite parts in the whole film. As I said, Laurie, uh, played actually by by uh, Cindy Williams, uh, may she rest in peace. Um, they were you know their characters have been fighting all night. You know, she doesn't want him to go. He doesn't know what to do, and they've been pretty much at each other's throats. And then they they go to the dance, and they end up uh, having a slow dance under the uh, uh, under the spotlight, so to speak. And of course, you know, to the onlookers, it looks like oh, what a happy couple! Oh, they're staying together, isn't this this wonderful? But uh, they're actually having this really intense conversation back and forth while dancing to the song "Smoke It's in Your Eyes." by the platters i mean perfect perfect choice uh, of music uh the music in this film as an aside is just on on point because every song seems to correlate perfectly with either what is going on in the scene or sort of address the uh the overall themes of 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 teenage angst and uncertainty and and sort of excitement and 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 bewilderment that's going on it really it, it's a perfect soundtrack that just encapsulates the feel of, of this movie and that's something I'll, I'll touch on in, in a moment but but back to this particular scene um 
Ron Howard and, and, and Cindy Williams' character, they're, they're going back and forth. And you know, she's like, you know, why don't you just go? And, she, you know, he, you know, he doesn't know what to do. And, you know, they're sort of you know, recounting their first dates together. And, you know, she's almost chastising him and, you know, he's chastising her. And it's sort of this, this back and forth. But yet at the same time, despite all of their frustrations, all of their disappointments in each other, in, in, in themselves, they're ultimately still together and they ultimately are bonded because they have this this deep relationship and you could have played this scene so over the top as you you might see in many uh, teenage uh, you know romance films where it's sort of right on the nose with with the dialogue this is you know a situation where there's a lot of subtlety and and, and much of the uh, uh, the dramatic tension or or, uh, or, or love, if you will, is implied through through glances, through 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 uh, you know throwaway lines or or um, you know sort of nuanced moments. But it's at this moment where you know they're they're arguing and, and she's you know you can tell almost just wants to like you know be done with him, but yet she doesn't want to be done with him, and she you know says to him it, 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 this line, which you know it. it, it First, uh, you know, first go through, you might be like, okay, what, what happened here? She's like, oh, just go to hell. And yet they still stay dancing together. She buries his, uh, her head in his, uh, in his chest. And, and it's just really this, this tender moment that encapsulates sort of teenage love in a lot of ways. And in many ways, you know, love itself, that, that there is all these, these complexities. It's not, it's not black and white. And, it, it's just one of those scenes that just stands out to me because it, it, it just shows what is going on just sort of in these characters' lives and, and the struggles and decisions that they're trying to, to reach and, 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 and you know, decide upon. But ultimately, you know, they're, they're drawn you know, kind of to each other because of that, that history and because of that, uh, that shared experience. But uh, going back to, as I said earlier, about the themes – in this film, George Lucas sort of wrote this as a as a tribute, as an homage to his his life in Modesto, growing up, where one of the things that uh, you know he and his friends would do uh, in their spare time was essentially you know to go out cruising in cars, and that was a way you you know he met girls or or, or his friends, you know you and they would all uh, you know get together that way it was sort of a very American uh, American uh, form of uh, of, uh, of a hooking up, if you will, and. Uh, it, it's just sort of a it, it's an interesting uh, capstone or, or, or time capsule because it really shows a period in time in this country where, where that was it. Like, you know, you'd go to the drive in and, and you'd be there in your your hot rod and, would you know, you weren't going there to watch the movie. You weren't going there, you know, necessarily to, uh, you know, have an engaging uh, conversation on philosophy. You were there to, uh, you know, to, to, to meet people and, and, and to, uh, you know. You know, maybe fall in love or something, and and I, I just think that's a that's sort of an interesting uh, approach to it because you, you you could have done this film as a uh, you know very slapstick and over the top comedy, and and there are moments in it where, where it's it's you know it's a it's a teen film, but not in the in the way that we might think of them in in the modern sense, but it's it's. The seriousness that's in this film, it's not like it's this, oh, uptight, you know, hold on to your hat. But the themes that are that are going on, this, uh, this 
you know, struggle with, with change and the transition from childhood into adulthood, it's really palpable. I mean, the, the character of, uh, of Kurt played by, by Richard Dreyfus, he's also, you know, set to, to go off to college, but he's sort of, you know, trying to find purpose in his life. He's trying to find rebellion in his life. And part of his storyline in the movie is he ends up getting mixed up with these, uh, with these greaser kids and, ends up doing all these sort of, you know, pranks and, and, and you know, somewhat, you know, felonious activities throughout the night. And, and you know, it's almost like his kind of stepping outside his, uh, his comfort zone in a way and trying to, uh, you know, figure out who he is and, and what he stands for, what, what he believes. And, and one of the major moments for him is while he's out with his friends, he sees this woman drive by in this this white convertible and she mouths to him i love you and he has this immediate infatuation with her and he essentially spends the rest of the night trying to find this woman and 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 meet her and and see if this this moment that they shared was in fact genuine and maybe a spark or if it was just a a, a situation he imagined and i mean it goes to the point he's driving all over town trying to find her and ultimately goes to the radio station and, and gets a message put out you know if if you if you remember me if you you want to meet me you know you can uh, you know call me on this uh this pay phone and and ultimately you know their their paths cross so to speak but but never in a uh, never in a in a physical sense and at the end of the film where uh Ron Howard's character and and Cindy Williams character ultimately decide that they're going to stay together and he's going to stay uh, back in 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 the uh in the town and, 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 and be with her. Kurt, on the other hand, is going to head off and, and go his way. And, and, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a touching scene because it's, you know, it's friends saying goodbye to friends and sort of, again, that, that transition that we've all gone through at the end of, end of the summer, end of a period of time where one part of our life is ending, one chapter is closing and the next one is starting. And there's all that uncertainty and, uh, and excitement at the same time. And so as he's he's you know leaving he's you know t- being taken off in a, in a plane as he's flying uh, overhead he looks down at the uh, at the road and he sees the white convertible and again it's never you know established if it's her or not but it sort of ends with this this sort of you know question for him of like, oh what could have been or what you know if he had maybe stayed around if he hadn't. You know, made the decision to leave town and just sort of again all those those thoughts that we wrestle with especially as we're going through that point of transition in our life where you know we we, we want to stay a certain way forever but yet you know fate or life has other plans for us and and you know sort of following your heart but yet also you know being pulled by events it's it's really uh it, it's really very interesting and it, and it you know, it goes a lot deeper than just oh, wasn't this a silly comedy about you know, uh, you know, teenage romance and, and cruising in the in the in the 19, early nineteen sixties? It's actually much deeper because it shows that end of innocence, which I mentioned earlier about how America in nineteen sixty two was in fact a country at a point of, of of change. It was an inflection moment because, of course, a year later, John F. Kennedy would be dead. Shortly thereafter, we would be 
embroiled in Vietnam, and 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 the country would never would never be the same. And it's 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 an interesting look back because it's it's that innocence, that age of of, of youthful uh, vigor and excitement and sort of hopefulness that. Uh, you know, nobody can stop us. Nothing can can uh, hold us back, and the the sky is is truly the limit. And it's 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 rather it, it's rather bold because it, as I said, it could have just been a silly, over the top uh, comedy. But but there's there's real heart and there's real there's real uh, depth to this film that that makes you you know really you know look at your own life. You know, remember your own sort of you know point uh, from one uh, part of your life to the next and and sort of you know look back with with nostalgia with with fondness maybe with with regret maybe with wonder oh if I had taken this road versus that road um, it's, it's it's a very interesting film and, it, and it's one film where you know again you, you sort of look back at it and and every time I've rewatched it, it I sort of get a different reaction to it because it's always at a different point in your life and I think that's that, that that's remarkable when when a movie can have that kind of impact and and staying power I mean, it in many ways shows the uh, the mark of, of greatness but as I said early on or I alluded to many of the themes that George Lucas would certainly distill in in Star Wars can be found here in this film and you know you just take the character of, of Luke Skywalker, and, and you could apply his his journey in, in that first film to any of the characters, uh, particularly Ron Howard's or, or even uh, Richard Dreyfus, and, and you could you know have the same the, the same kind of situation, which is the you know you're you're in a small town. In the case of Luke Skywalker, he was on 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 a desert farmland, and everyone is sort of. Looking to to the horizons, wondering what is out there. Do we stay? Do we go? You look at Luke Skywalker. Does he stay on the farm? Does he go off and join the rebellion and, and become a Jedi Knight? And it, you know, it, it just sort of shows that what Lucas has, you know, what he tapped into, what he created in, in all of his films are, are very much personal and, and human. Stories, and, and I know certainly Star Wars. You know, sometimes we'll get a, a rap that oh, it's just it's just space wizards and and spaceships, and it's much deeper than that. Of course, I've gone on, <laughs> gone on uh, on record for uh, you know at, at, at length with my uh, with my passion for Star Wars. But I mean, you can see it right here in this in this silly teen comedy where the themes and and stories that. George Lucas was telling, they're very, they're very real, and they're very, they're very human, and we can relate to them on an emotional level because we've all been in those experiences, we've all had those situations. You know, again, it's the premise of this, of this film. Do you, do you stay in the small town? Do you stay where it's safe, or do you go off and explore the the, the larger world? Do you take that? first step and and of course there's always that that trepidation that there's that we should go you know what if i fail what if something goes wrong but yet life 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 happens and and sort of fate pulls you in that direction whether you want to go or not and it's i i think george lucas has sometimes been been criticized oh you know he's not really a 
a filmmaker, and, I, and I've always laughed at that assertion because, I mean, outside of the uh, you know, the technical achievements that he accomplished with with Star Wars and and, and the subsequent movies and and the and the sort of studio empire that he created, he's he's a true storyteller because he's he's instilling the very feelings and and emotions that are that are real and, and he's of course you know doing it on a on a broad canvas canvas as in, in as in the case of star wars but i mean right here in in a little film that was made for uh, just under a million dollars it was like seven hundred and seventy thousand dollars american graffiti is is both a a light-hearted comedy but it's also a a a capstone it's a a look back to a time in place that is certainly no more but what life was like at that point in time it's almost like a an archaeological study in a way of a of a of a society of a culture and what was going on in the zeitgeist at that particular time then of course when you expand that into the into the larger themes of 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 transitioning from childhood into adulthood, from you know going from one point to the next, uh, it, it just sort of all comes together in this you know, really beautiful mosaic. And I mean, I've said it before, and I'll say it again right here. I mean, George Lucas is is one of the great filmmakers because he's able to not only you know transfix and, and transport our imagination to to larger than life uh, galaxies and, and and situations, but He's able to do it in a way that is grounded in a reality that we all know and, and can recognize and feelings that we've all felt and, and, and situations we've all experienced in some form or another. And that's what that's what makes these films timeless. That's why I love American Graffiti because it is such a it's such a personal film and you can just feel the heart and the passion with each with each shot, with each frame. And it's 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 remarkable, and, and like I said, if you were going to have a Mount Rushmore of directors, I would certainly put George Lucas up there uh, because he uh, he's able to to tell stories on the grandest possible scale while staying true both to himself and to the human condition. And frankly, that's that's the mark of uh, of, of a great writer, a great author, a great director. So I highly recommend. You you check out this film if you have not done so because it, it is it is a classic and I know that's a word that sometimes gets thrown around a lot but uh, you know especially even if you're not a fan of of, of say Star Wars but um, you know, this this is of course nothing's like that galaxy far far away but uh, it, it's sort of interesting uh, especially for a film buff like myself where. You know, you could see you know similarities in tr- in terms of the storylines and, and and the characters and situations, but yet, you know, it's it's remarkable on on the other hand to think that you know this this would this was before Star Wars, and 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 again, it's it, it sort of just illustrates the uh, the depth of uh, uh, of talent and 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 uh, you know sort of creativity of of George Lucas. So I, I highly recommend this film. It's uh, it's actually, you know, it's not a it's not too uh, too long. It's it's got a great uh, pace and the soundtrack is is wonderful. I mean, I every time I watch it, I always find myself going on to onto iTunes and, and like downloading these songs again because they they're just 
there's something catchy and 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 wonderful about that time and and you know even though uh you know it's been uh you know certainly uh glossed over and and perhaps you know uh immoralized into uh, into pop culture with with other um you know throwback films and, and tv shows uh there's something very pure about this film it doesn't feel on the nose or or, or even too uh nostalgic it, it's it, it's a right balance and i think that's again a testament to to lucas and and his vision and what he was ultimately going for and, and telling which was his own experiences his own feelings that own sense of teenage angst and and so it it, it comes it shines through on the screen it doesn't feel like this is a you know, a sort of an inorganic uh, project. It is very much uh, an, or, an organic creation. So I, I highly recommend it, um, you know, especially if you are a film buff and you are curious to see, you know, what was what was George Lucas doing before Star Wars? Uh, this is certainly a great, uh, a, a great time capsule. But I mean, just as a great piece of, of cinema, this is uh, this is one of the greats, and, and certainly, you know, in a way, kind of, you know broke the door down for for future teen uh, comedies if you will of this nature which which could be both funny and and lighthearted but also deal with with serious themes and and issues and present it in a way that would be appealing to a general audience so highly highly recommend you check out this film but uh I think that's all that I uh, I have to say on uh, on American Graffiti. Well, no, I, I will just say this: I love the title. I, I love the title, and in doing some some research for this particular show, the studio executives hated it because they didn't understand it. They said, "What what what the hell does this mean?" But but Lucas, you know, st- uh, stood. Uh, Stood by uh, the title. He he felt this was the the way to go. And again, props to uh, you know standing by and standing up for your creative vision. But I mean, the title is great because it it's sort of one of those things where you you know you wonder okay what what the hell does this mean you know what American graffiti? But yet it it really encapsulates the the entire movie. I mean, if you've ever seen a, a graffiti wall, it's sort of a, 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 a hodgepodge of different designs and 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 uh looks but yet sometimes if you step back you can kind of see an interesting mosaic a story a through line and and that is certainly the case with this film all these separate uh you know vignettes and and storylines going on but yet there is that that theme of 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 uh of you know sort of going from one point in your life to the next that connects it all together so i uh, just ha- had to make that a uh, point it's it's a it's a wonderful title absolutely wonderful oh and, and one more thing I, I knew there was another another point to make Sh- shows you where my thinking is today it's like graffiti it's all it's all over the place but um just a couple interesting factoids to uh to to, to send your way uh before i close course Harrison Ford is in this film and he would later go on to be Han Solo and Indiana Jones for for George Lucas's uh, future projects but uh, interestingly when Steven Spielberg was casting Jaws it was George Lucas who recommended Richard Dreyfuss for the uh, to Spielberg and thus Spielberg cast 
Richard Dreyfus based on Lucas's recommendation. And then, interestingly enough, when George Lucas was looking for someone to do the score of a four Star Wars, it was Spielberg who recommended John Williams and. As you can see there, the circle, the circle is now complete. Uh, just some interesting uh, little uh, tidbits to send your way. But uh, that is all. Uh, that is all I have for you today. Thank you as always for tuning in. I'll be back next week, and we'll do this all over again for the love of movies. Mm-hmm.